even if they're they kind of sound upbeat, you're reading between the lines, even the body language or the face, and so you can just see that where they are mentally with their business. And then when you produce something and when you get that phone call and you hear the excitement down the phone when you produce a proof and you just think, wow, I've made a difference to someone's day and hopefully someone's life. Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight talking ideas to grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast, the show that aims to help you grow your business. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to leave us a review. The same if you're on Google Podcasts or on Spotify. And of course, you can find out more about the show at marketingsimplified.co.uk. So this podcast is hosted by myself, John Lawley. I uh, run a web design business. Um, Georgia, who's your brand guardian, and Andrew, who helps trades troubleshoot. So three experts here, all out in the field, helping people build their businesses in different ways and help them get their businesses out there and market themselves better, as well as systems within their business to make things work more streamlined, to help make you more profitable. So we had a longer discussion on this show about the different services that we all offer and how we all work as an integrated team, but also as well, something that really can't be measured It's the feeling that a business owner gets when they start to feel proud about their business again, when they start taking care with their business again. As you just heard from that introduction from Georgia, um, there are a number of people that we start to work with um, who are probably down about their business, things aren't going too well, and you can get that sense from them as soon as you uh, have that first consultation or pick up the phone. They're trying to sound upbeat about things. They're trying to uh, show you that they are working with things, but it's just that little something they get stuck with. And that, the feeling, the energy that that can bring back once that um, little stumbling block has been breached and got past can be absolutely amazing, Um, even if it's just a small thing. So here, in a bit more detail, Uh, a a few different case studies about the companies that we've worked with in the last few months and about how we work together and that feeling. Moving on, how are you guys doing? Are you guys busy? Is this historically a busy, going into quarter four, is it a busy time for you you guys or how generally is this time of year? This time of year for me is normally insane and it is insane thanks to Mr Lawley. (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 you know, piling up with uh, George's order book. Yeah, yeah. I was like not able to breathe right now, but um, yeah, no, this this time of year, September through to December, I always find is nuts for me because the people are preparing for the Christmas stuff. Oh yeah, there'll be Christmas cards um, over the next couple of weeks. So joy, Christmas is always early for me. By the time it comes, I'm normally sick of it. But everyone starts planning. So, oh, you know, what all the stuff we want to do in the new year? And this is the the quarter that they start to prep. So, yeah, always busy here. I'm guessing for John, it's maybe semi similar. They said people come off holiday and they've thought all these stuff, these things that they want to be doing. Um, Yeah, it's an interesting time, isn't it? Because it's like, I I tend to find there's, there's two peaks. So um, if you take, you know, people have been away at Christmas time with the families, they want to get around, but it's January, so it's all about new starts and getting something new done. So everyone wants to start talking about something in January and then finally get around to doing it by February or March. And then, you know, the workload kind of like slightly quietens down unless then you've got people who have a financial year, which starts again in April and there's another trickle coming through. And then as soon as you get to September and back to school, 
that's when people start to think all over again, right, okay, well, this is the new push, isn't it, to Christmas? Like George says, we need to have things in place ready for that to cash in. Anyone who's, anyone who's now got a physical store and who's seeing a lack of footfall there will now want to be sure that they can sell things online in time for Christmas. So want to be up and running with a new website to sell stuff middle of October to November. Um, and yeah, the Christmas rush, if you don't, usually if you don't make the money in many retail environments between now and Christmas, then that's it. The whole year is a write-off. Um, but as well, I mean, a lot of, actually it's been quite interesting because there's been a lot of more, um, more, I suppose, management companies and trades businesses that have come back after the, uh, the lockdown and now have decided, you know what, we actually probably have to start competing online rather than just being found by word of mouth as well and having um, another string to the bow. That's good. So there has been some sort of educational result as, as a, with this lockdown going on. So some of the kind of what, so companies that traditionally wouldn't necessarily have shopped online or competed online are now going online and making the active choice to do it. Yeah, I think, I think there's been a real shift. There's, there's a couple of specific companies. One is a flooring business. One is a bathroom and renovation company. And they kind of realized that, you know, <clears throat> all right, things are kind of locked down. You couldn't go into people's homes um, around about March and April. And, but then thinking, do you know what? I feel fine. If we do all the social distancing, we can probably get in and do quotes and things. We just need to make sure that people know we're here. And also as well, you know, there's, there's been the, the Brexit um, decision has meant that a lot of people as well, you know, as well through lockdown, a lot of people who might be odd jobbers, or one-man bands, and especially from Eastern Europe, have gone home to various different com- countries um, for whatever reasons, there's actually a lack of tradespeople around. So that early person or early company that got in during that middle of the summer has now got a big order book to fill and has taken loads of orders just from being at the forefront of that wave of saying, yes, we are available, which has been quite interesting. So from a lot of other tradespeople now, there's a bit of catch-up to play. Which is interesting because, you know, all it takes is... Um some of the platforms to recognize this behavior going on and then they'll make it more difficult. Yes, it'll get more competitive, won't it? Absolutely. But the people who got in there first, as always, will be the ones who uh, are set for the future. And I think it's, it's, it's an interesting thing as well if you think about how difficult it is to acquire a new customer as opposed to get more business from an existing customer. So if you were there at that land grab at the beginning, you've got now more customers who are then going to come to you again and recommend you more in the future. So you've kind of exponentially grown rather than just getting one or two jobs. Yeah, it's interesting to try and make people um, and other companies and businesses look at customers like that, look at the lifetime potential value of that individual customer and their referrals versus just a single transaction on that one job. In fact, if you're able to change your mindset fairly quickly to that, I think it, it changes the way you treat that individual and it also changes the way you try and close that initial business because you're thinking about as you as you mentioned the order book there you're thinking about filling that you know not just for this specific job but in three years five years ten years and it's a really good way of thinking about new customers when you close business i mean what do you think about that because i was i was i've tried to start using a bit more of a strategy with that for my own business where you're almost like as soon as you've made the initial contact as soon as that initial phone calls come in it's about thinking, right, okay, this person, I want to sell this person this, and it's going to cost this amount of money. So let's be open and honest with it as early as possible. So in, in a fabulous way that Georgia builds her business, she's got everything 
She knows that this is going to be this much and this is going to be this much and this introductory is this much. So you've got something to sell them and you've got a price point straight away. So it's, it's Bosch. If you can't afford this or it's not kind of in your, um, you know, your, your range of what you're comfortable with, then you know, thank you very much for the inquiry. Maybe that's you in you know, a few years' time or a month, few months' time. If it is now, brilliant. Let's pull you through the system and start selling to you with this and then start building on it and building on it and building on it. And what are you going to be in six months to a year's time? You know, you're going to be a regular customer and that's a regular um, stream of income. I think it's, it's amazing how many people and how many companies I work with that will still bend and shape their prices to, for that customer um, or to win the work, you know, just for the sake of being busy rather than work the correct way around. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think that a lot of businesses do that at the beginning. They say yes all the time just to get the work in. But to be sort of in an intermediate business in year three, four, five and still going, oh, do you know what, go on, as it's you, I'll do it for this price. Or or it just it just doesn't make sense. You should be guided by the market to a point. But if you offer something different, then you should price yourself to what you're worth. And if those are the prices and in what you do, John, I think you know price point is always going to be sensitive for everyone. But yeah, there should be nothing hidden. It's like, these are the prices. This is what's required. From what you said you need, I recommend this. You've come to me. I'm the expert. These are my recommendations. These are my prices. And I strongly recommend that you follow up with X, X Y, and Z. It's, it's, it's amazing how many people and how many business owners have gone fairly far but don't even ask for the sale or can't even discuss pricing in any real detail tell or with any real authority with their customers it's it's a strange one that and it, it's it's bizarre when i work with some customers and they go oh for this customer it's 50 pound an hour and for this customer it's 90 pound an hour and for this customer but it's all the same job if it was different jobs at different customers or different travel times etc i totally understand that but it's it's not and it's really weird why it's done and it's only because of whatever mental block that customer sorry that business has with that specific customer or asking for the sale in the first it takes a lot of confidence though doesn't it and I'll put my hands up it took me years to be able to get to that point Um, and I guess it's because I built my business to a certain uh, level where I could uh, turn down work and know that I could still pay my bills but when when you get to that point having the confidence to know that you can walk away from a client as well that you know what like you said this is my value and this is my offering um when it's a regular client, I know I often try and help, you know, my retainer clients wherever possible because of the loyalty that they've shown me over the years and the work and the thousands of pounds they've given me. But I've never really agreed with someone who picks up the phone um, and, and I've told a number of people, thank you very much, but I'm not for you. Um, and I've got the confidence to do that because I feel, well, hang on, I've, I don't owe you anything. And it's about my own integrity as well, that if this is what I'm charging for everyone else that calls me, um, I need to feel comfortable that I'm treating everyone fairly. And that's a really big thing for my brand. Um, and I guess that's where my confidence eventually came. But it took a long, long time because you do feel, oh my God, if I don't get this business and if I don't get the next one, I don't get the next one and I'm going to have no money. And you just go into panic mode, don't you? It is, I think it is something you overcome. But, and it, but it's also the beauty of continuing to do those ideal client sessions because what you try and set out as a business person or as a business in year one and your ideal client in year one will probably be completely different to what your ideal client looks like in year five and year six and year 10. And if your pricing strategy, your pricing policy is the same as in year one, then chances are you don't really have a business. 
given that the way costs are going and your margins will no doubt be compromised, your profit margin will certainly be lowered if you're not reviewing that on a, on a basis. And it's interesting once you do that ideal client and you have a real strong hold of your finances, your financial forecast, and can see you know, what your margins are, you, you can't possibly say yes to the old price. You can't possibly agree to do business for the old money that you used to do because you'll be losing money. And I think one, yes, it is confidence, but once you have a real grasp on the figures in the business, I think knowing that you're going out and losing money on certain people just to be nice or not have that confidence, it quickly gives you a confidence boost to ask for what you're worth. I was going to ask you as a coach how you've been um, help people do that, but I guess that's kind of answered that, hasn't it? By showing them the numbers and making them realise. I think, yeah, it is the visual thing, you know, and, and it's, you know, for the numbers thing, I think a lot of people are kind of worried about or scared about. They're kind of worried that if they look at the numbers, it will be completely different or they may or may not have a business afterwards. Um, but once you do it and once you go through it, for for many people, it can be quite liberating. So to know that actually, you know, you're on this or you need this many sales or you need to earn this much a day or each of your clients or engineers needs to generate this and really kind of break it down. You can work out on a daily basis or an hourly basis or a job basis exactly what you need to make your desired profit margin. And that exactly, as you just said, George, it just kind of proves it to you. So even if it's a case of you want to say yes to someone, you can't possibly say yes because it's a detrimental business to the uh, detrimental decision to the future of the business. And that's that's certainly where we start. You know, I think most of the time when I see that, when I see it work with clients and I kind of see them pricing certain things, so I just ask the question, so how are you getting at that price? And when people turn around and say, oh, well, we've, we've always priced it or we've always done it like that. That's always been our pricing. When's the last time you reviewed it? What are your um, competition doing? Um, if your customers got any kind of other quotations that they're happy to share with you to have a look. But primarily, it's based on your business and your own business affordability. And um, yeah, doing that financial exercise is, is fantastic. It just kind of clears everything up for everyone. Then it does, it, as I said, then it, it just makes you kind of step up and go, I can't keep making these decisions, otherwise I'm going to have to go and work for someone. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. I mean, I, I imagine you see a lot of people who, you know, someone will say, oh, I've been offered this job and it's, I don't know, five grand. Seems like a lot of money. Um, and then, yeah, just to put your point back in, so your costs are going to be three grand and this is going to be, you know, a couple of grand, which leaves you with 50 quid. Are you still thinking it's a lot of money? Exactly. And it's when, and it's when a lot of, um, say, use the trades example, you know, when you start in year one and it's just you in a van, you know, no doubt those are the correct prices. And, you know, you'll be quite happy with those margins you're taking home. But when you've now got a second engineer, two apprentices, two vans in total, two lots of fuel insurance, fleet insurance, part-time office, part-time person in the office, a phone system, and all the IT support, as well as the marketing budget that you'll be spending, and hopefully a budget for working with a coach monthly as well, it's, it's definitely not going to be the same price because you're not the same business. And that's okay. That is okay. But the quicker a lot of people going through that one to five year transition realize, um, the quicker they'll start making better money and better margins. Georgia, did you manage to hold on to your um, trainee throughout lockdown? Yeah, she's still working with me. Um, so we're just working remotely now, which is great. And, and actually, another positive that came out of the pandemic for me in that I've been sort of uh, flirting with the idea for a long time because she'd actually come to my studio every week and that kind of held me back a bit like to let her in I'd make sure I was back for meetings to let her out and uh, I'd, I'd never quite she's been with me for about three or four years 
I never quite thought, oh, but no, by the time I actually sit and kind of work out all the Dropbox stuff for her and brief her and make sure she's got the right software and things, uh, she can still just come. Lockdown happened. I needed her help because I got really busy. Called her, like, right, how do you feel about working remotely? Let's set this up. And, and we've been doing that ever since. And it's been brilliant because it's freed up my time now because while she's pressing through working from home, um, I'm out doing other things that before I'd be in here supervising. Um, but she's a very capable young lady. But it, it's just another thing that kicks me up the arse and um, has been a great thing to have happened and a bit of a change. I've, I've gained another day in the week now. Like, that's massive. That's massive. Amazing. It's been a big teacher of businesses and business people in many ways, what's gone on, what's happened. You know those those barriers to entry that you just mentioned, i.e. setting up Dropbox and so on? How long did it take to do all the things that were stopping you from doing it? Well, yeah, the Dropbox thing was kind of a minor. I guess it was more a case of making sure that um, she had the right, her own subscription to things because when she's in my office, she's in my my equipment and everything else. She logs in on all my stuff. It's all done. It was all set up. It was very, very easy. It was just talking her through things, getting that set up, making sure I transferred everything into folders for her. Um, there was some technical rubbish that went along with that. So it took me a couple of days, um, but stopping and starting. So really half a day's worth of hours maybe so if you look at it in hindsight and you think god you know and i've done that two three years ago um what how much further along could i be now um but yeah you know everything happens for a reason i believe yeah and that was the kick that i needed totally and i think that's that's worth noting because i think people are, are stuck in their habits or behaviors and stuck in their ways of working and that's not a criticism by the way it's just it's just people as humans um and it does it takes something to kind of force the change make you change and obviously lockdown's been huge for for a number of businesses but that's been that's been fantastic that is that's been the catalyst of getting those things resolved and then getting a day back i wonder how many people are still still holding back or still resisting change john do you see it with any of your clients at the moment i don't know not so much maybe with my clients at the moment because they're all having to change the whole reason they're coming to me is to change um but i one of the when you were talking about when you were saying those words i was thinking do you know what is there a generational divide with this and is, is there still um you know an older generation which want to get out there and do things and are more motivated um they've got a lot of you know plus points to their businesses um but just don't understand what they could be doing more yeah is there another way and is that what's holding them back rather than the need to do something? The need, I mean, the need to do something, but not understanding or knowing where because they haven't, they haven't had a conversation with someone like me or Georgia or yourself. So they don't understand, is there something different? Or is there, is there a, a solution to this problem? Or sometimes do they even see it as a problem? Certain things, they just think, oh, no, this is just the way. Like, you don't even see that there is an alternative and there's a better way to do something because you don't actually see it as a problem because you're in your business. Whereas then someone like Andrew would come and sit down and have a chat. Tell, tell me about how your business is structured, blah, blah, blah. And then give you an idea to say, did you ever think that maybe by doing, not doing that or doing this, you'd have this? That's, that's a good point, yeah. Because if you think about, right, if you think about one of the recent projects that me and Georgia have worked on. So um, a trades-based company, they, want, um, they wanted to start getting new business through Facebook. They you know, thought that Facebook was the way to go. Um, 
So when we sat down and talked to them about it, it turns out, you know, one of the recommendations is, you know, basically if you, if you looked at your branding and logo um, for some time, um, maybe you should have a think about this. And so, all right, your first step is to go and speak to someone, go and speak to Georgia, book that session in. Um, <laughs> as part of the things that both me and Georgia have said to them, had that ideal um, client session, worked out who they were actually targeting, and actually everything that they've got so far is just not going to work for that um, ideal client that they really want to target. So it's a case of then starting from scratch and building things up again, which actually then turned into an amazing website and some really sexy looking stuff on social media. Um, and that all came down from that, let's start again and really you need to re rethink this, but they would have never ever have changed things had they not heard it from both me and Georgia, I think. Yeah, they didn't realise there was a problem. Oh, that's also one of the benefits that of, of us two, of us, the three of us working together and the two of you specifically working together over the last few months and understanding exactly how each of your products and services align with each other. That's, that has made a huge difference. And you can see that with a few of the client testimonials so far that have gone on. Um, I don't know, like um, with the flooring company that you mentioned, I know that they, they were in particular trouble. They were in a, they didn't know they were going to have a business when, um, you know, sort of beginning of April, end of March, beginning of April. So for them to be in a position now where they've had a rebrand, new website, have really honed in on their ideal client and almost have used the lockdown as a, as a massive wake-up call not to rely on all their uh, referrals or all their sales coming in from one specific line is huge and it's probably the exact way to respond to an emergency. Um, it's amazing how many people will probably see, probably still are seeing doing the same things. And actually as well, I think one of the, one of the other things that we haven't talked about and haven't quantified is actually that whole kind of rebranding process makes them reassess who they are and actually instills a lot more pride and passion in what they're doing. It's kind of a big reset. And, you know, that, that kind of pride and that changing, well, pushing culture and refresh of everything, actually you probably can't manage in a monetary sense but it gives them a much bigger impetus, I think. Yeah, that's something that I've come across a lot when people call me for branding and they're like, well, you know, tell me how much your clients have made off the back of the work you've done. And it's always one of those conversations that you kind of, you have to be very patient with and you have to explain, well, actually, it's a process and it's not okay because this client's got a business card designed with me that suddenly he's become a multimillionaire. It's the, what would have happened if he didn't have the business card to give to that client what would have happened if that business card wasn't beautifully laminated and triplexed and foiled because the person he was giving it to is actually a multi-millionaire property developer who would not have approved of a vista print card from a tradesperson that was given it to then you tell me where the the difference is and just like john said as well when you're rebranding a company and you're instilling confidence and excitement and passion again that's going to come through in absolutely everything you do when you're going out and quoting when you're talking about your business and your B&I meetings like that that's going to come through and people buy the people and if suddenly there's this injection because they're really excited that oh my god my company has this new lease of life this is going places that's all part of the brand as well and that is always going to come back down to those final figures as well the things that you can't put an exact monetary figure on but that have uh, a massive uh, influence over how the success of any business so yeah bye. it's like the montage in rocky <laughs> you know you start out and you're some kind of like flabby thing that's like and then at the end of it you know you're, like, you're running up at the top of the steps <laughs> exactly. I'm saying, you know, it's kind of it's that it's that change it's it's a huge change that that's 
it's very that's kind of going to be quite a challenging one for you guys to market that because i think that's huge i think sort of you know reinvigorating a business owner by sitting down and doing the 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 exercises that you guys suggest or going through that rebranding with them yeah if you if it's a if it's a smaller business and there's one main business owner how much business they do and the type of business they attract the type of contacts and people they attract is going to be solely down to their attitude to life and what they're putting out in the universe. And if they're currently not passionate or enthusiastic about what they're doing or they're stuck in the business rather than working on the business, then ultimately that's going to show in their bottom line. So, yeah, I think the challenge for you two going forward is market that. You know, we make business owners more enthusiastic about their brand because that's that's massive that truly is huge and you can see that by the way on the two companies that you've mentioned in your case study there um the bathroom refurbishment company and the flooring company i know both those business owners and they are got a bigger they've got they're walking they're walking differently they've got a nice smile on their face they're completely different at the moment because they're back in love with their businesses and that is genuinely absolutely what it's all about and i suppose that's what you guys leave them with. And yeah, we have to work on a way of getting that message out there because that is utterly key for driving new business to your clients is making that business owner fall back in love with their brand. The best part of the job when you have that phone call initially and, you know, I need some help with this. And even if they're, they kind of sound upbeat, you're reading between the lines, even the body language or the face, and you can just see that where they are mentally with their business. And then when you produce something, and like the example that John let's say a growing company, when you get that phone call and you hear the excitement down the phone when you produce a proof, and you just think, wow, I've, I've made a difference to someone's day and hopefully someone's life just from this little piece of work that's then going to go on to John now. He's going to make an even bigger difference when he builds the site and does the ads. Like, it's, it's just... Georgia, me and Georgia, though, are both still bricking it at this point because oh, as any really? person will tell you when you send off the work <laughs> for the first time you're like oh what are they going to say the anxiety <laughs> goes through the roof I don't eat for four days I'm sitting there trembling <laughs> so for us it's like the relief as well going oh great they like it, it is. Well, every time that, that, it, 10 years and that still has not escaped me John like I still it's not left me I always sit there nervous but isn't that part of what you do? I mean, Andrew, because in, in a way, it's, it's exactly the same thing yeah. that you're selling in that respect. All of us are. I think it's like, um, I think a lot of it for me is I create I told you so moments and I can never say I told you so. So I'm trying to educate and explain. So what do you do then? Just look them in the eye and go, I just sort of stand there, uh, you know, with my hands on my hips looking up to the sunset. That's got sort of where I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see the, the rock in Jumanji smoldering looks <laughs> oh that's it yeah yeah no it's, it's very strange because obviously of course people buy into you because of your your experience and if it's an experience in a specific trade industry it's even better for them so the reason why you know it kind of works with my clients is because I've been there done that experienced that either directly or very closely with another client so it's not it's not kind of like I'm trying to tell you what to do and not what to do, but it's an explanation as to why I would make the decision in this way or why I would set up a process in that way. Or if we don't put this in place now, we could have problems with that in the future. And then when it, sometimes it's got to happen anyway. Sometimes it's like, it's like watching your kids, you know, your kids are kind of, they've they've got to, in the process of learning to walk, they're going to fall over a lot. 
I can't just carry them all the time. They have to learn to walk by falling over. It just is what it is. So it's, it is kind of setting up those I told you so moments and just kind of going, cool, we good. We got that one. We learned that one. Let's not, let's not repeat that mistake. Let's move forward. Let's make it better. Let's make it more efficient. And that's kind of where it is. So I don't get to revel in the anxiety that you guys do, unfortunately, which I'm glad I don't. Um, but I don't get to say I told you so, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you've, got the, you've got the look. You've got the moment. You know when it's happening. It's like, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. It just, it just says it on the back of my business card. That might be the slogan. Yeah. <laughs> That's all for this time. But don't worry. We'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.